Our New Testament reading comes from the book, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Hear now the word of the Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them high up a mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became bright as light. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will set up three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and the voice from the cloud said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground, and they were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, he saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And this is the word of God for you, the people of God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, open our hearts and our minds to your word. Speak through me, O Lord, and if necessary, in spite of me, so that the spoken word and the written word may lead us to the one true living word, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. When I was little, I love preaching within the first year because you get to learn so much about me. So when I was little, I received my call to ministry through a dream. One could say it was a mountaintop experience. So I remember within my dream, I went up into the clouds and I remember thinking, well, this is it. It's the rapture. <laughs> I made it at least. I don't see my brother around though. So, <laughs> and I was, I was thinking that within my dream, a calming voice said, no, no. It's not the rapture and I was like okay my next thought was like oh no I've died and the voice said no no you're not dead and at that point I was like well then what is it and the voice said go and tell everyone about Jesus go and share my love with others go and make disciples and I thought well okay isn't that what we do when we go to church? I'm pretty regular, but I thought, okay, I can do that. And with that, the dream sent me back down to where I was asleep in my bed, and I woke up. And I remember I was sweating, I was breathing heavily, and I remember thinking like, okay, I am still alive, this is good. Um, but I remember not being sure what to do with it. There were a lot of emotions that I felt. It felt kind of heavy. But I crawled down from my bunk bed, 
and I ran to tell my mother what had happened. Because sometimes, as a kid, when you don't know what to do, you go for help. And so my mother did help me, and thus led many trips to the LifeLay bookstore to figure out what was going on. And in my time, when I was younger, I thought that meant that I needed to be a missionary because I had never met a female pastor before. I didn't know they existed. I didn't know it was possible. And through the years, as I've discovered what that voice meant, what my calling meant, I wasn't sure where it would lead me. But I'm here before you today, saying it's been a long journey. The journey's not over, but by the grace of God, God's been with me every step of the way. We have our mountaintop experiences where God reveals God's self, true, radiating with light and love, meeting us exactly where we are, and then carrying us in these moments throughout our lives. In the scripture, it tells us that Jesus is transfigured, shining like the sun. And it's such a moment of glory that Moses and Elijah appear with him. So miraculous that Peter is recognizing the glory. And within the moments, without hesitation, he's ready to set up tents and dwelling places for everyone. Because who would want to leave in such a moment like this? Peter says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And it is good within these moments in our lives when we encounter the glory of the Lord. In our lives, we have moments of certainty within our faith, moments that Christ's love is prominent and blinding within our lives. Moments that we are on mountaintops with firm foundations. There is nothing that can waver us. Moments where we too want to put up our tents and remain there as long as possible. It is good for us to be here. Our souls need this. And in these glory-filled moments, the mountaintop worship experiences, the voice of God shakes our comfort zones. I feel like we've heard some, felt some shaking ground this morning. It's a startling experience, but one that is well worth it. And the voice of God says, this is my beloved. With him I am well pleased. So listen to him. The disciples fall to the ground in fear. The voice of God has a respectable power to it, calling us and telling us to listen to Jesus. Sometimes, though, can be hard. Jesus proclaims and demands love and justice with compassion and truth. Sometimes we don't always agree with what that looks like. That's hard to hear. It's hard to follow directions at times. Sometimes that means getting out of our comfort zones, putting our own thoughts aside and seeking God's wisdom over our own. Our mountaintop experiences, though shaking our comfort zones, are indeed glorious. 
We may not always understand what's even happening at the moment. It can stir up fears within us, uncertainties of the unknown, unsure of what the next faithful step may be. But even when we don't know, we can look to Jesus, the one that has came to show us how to love, how to respond in love, the one who remains with us in our mountaintop experiences, and the one that is with us on top of the mountain, the one that guides us down the mountain as well. Because we know from Scripture, we don't get to stay on that mountaintop. We experience these wondrous and glorious moments, but we do have to come down from that mountain. Just as the disciples and Jesus couldn't remain on the mountain away from all the troubles of the world, so too do we wake up from a dream. We leave the doors of the worship space. We travel into the worldly realities that we face. As much as we want to, perhaps it's even easier to barricade ourselves in here, off from the worldly hurts and the harm. But we cannot keep the experience that we encounter with God within these walls. We cannot neglect the needs of others who may be in the valley. We know that Jesus led them down the mountain and faced the aftermath of what's to come after his transfiguration. And he went with them. We serve a God who doesn't remain on the mountaintop but comes into the brokenness of the world for our sake, so that through suffering and death and resurrection, we are redeemed. Jesus' story didn't end with his transfiguration. The story confirmed that salvation, it laid ahead. The Christ who shone like the sun continued to lead the way and continued to heal and share the truth, continued to teach and to show grace and to love without limits. Jesus faced his valley moments as well. And they were well worth it because of the mountain of love that he had for each of us. As I got older, I never really shared that dream with people that I had so long ago. I thought it kind of sounded childish. I thought that maybe it wasn't even real. Maybe it was just a dream like the others I have on every other night. Maybe it had no significance in my life. I was embarrassed to tell people, really. It didn't really sound real. So I kept it to myself. Maybe I told a few close friends, not many at all. Up until about four years ago, I love that Edie spoke about how this was a special place because turns out I've been here before. I was here about four years ago uh, for my commissioning interview. And for those that don't know what that is, when a pastor feels called to be ordained in the Methodist church, you go through a process. Um, and the commissioning interview is the beginning of the process of writing papers and having them assess your preaching. 
and um, writing Bible stories, and you also go through an interview process. And so I was a very nervous new pastor sitting in your parlor reviewing my papers to make sure I answered every question correctly. And so I was sitting there um, in my interview at this point. A former pastor from here, Reverend Bruce Case, was on the board interviewing me, and he asked me about my call into ministry. And there was this voice in my head that was like, whatever you do, do not mention that dream. <laughs> this interview is to make sure that you know all the big words, you're set on your theology, do not mention that dream. Before I could even think about anything else to say, I started to share my dream with them. I remembered that after I spoke of it, when I was done, I just looked around the room at the pastors and the laity, thinking, well, there's always next year. <laughs> and instead, their response was to pray for me, affirming my call into ministry, affirming how God works in mysterious ways and meets people where they are, affirming moments like Jesus' transfiguration and how they happen in our lives as well as God reveals God's self to us in new and miraculous ways. Through dreams, through worship services, through creation, through the image of God in one another. It was in the garden at Parkway Hills that I felt affirmed in my mountaintop experience. Wondrous things happen here. I think it's very fitting and very God-ordained that we have a group of so many and adults that had mountaintop experiences here this weekend in Transfiguration Sunday as well. Because God yearns to be in relationship with us. Who are we to judge how God comes to us? Like David read earlier from the passage in 2 Peter, it's through the Holy Spirit that we are moved to encourage one another, to listen to one another, to share with one another the glory of God. Like a lamp shining in a dark place, bearing witness to the greatness and the goodness of God. The light is quite contagious. But it will not have a chance to break through the darkness if we try to keep it to ourselves. It will not be known by others if we stay on the mountaintop. So I encourage you to think back to a time when you've experienced God's wonder and grace could be through a confusing dream. Maybe in a worship service, God spoke to you through a walk in the park where you take in the colors of creation. Through a conversation with a friend where the Holy Spirit moved through them and knew exactly what to say and how it meant to you. Think of a time in your life and share it with someone this week. Just as Jesus told the disciples to tell no one about this till the Son of Man is risen from the dead, 
we do believe in a risen Lord. We know this because as Lent approaches, we have faith that Easter is coming. So imagine where the church would be, not just this one, but the body of Christ, the universal church, where the love of Christ is shown breaking through the limits of denominations and religions. Because you can't be the one who limits God, who tries to put God in a box when you hear the story of transfiguration. Instead, we stand amazed in the presence of God. So imagine if the church did more sharing and encountering God, God's glory and the experiences of the miraculous works of God within our lives. Even if we may not always get along, don't worry, the disciples didn't either. We can give God all the praise for being a God who loves without limits as the Holy Spirit continues to work in and through us. So trust that God is working in and through your mountaintop moments of faith and share them with others as we are in relation with one another. As the youth and adults saying, let what we do in here fill the streets out there. May we dance for you. So may our celebration lead us to welcome, to grow, and to serve all creatures, great and small. And the glory of the Lord will shine like the sun as you go into the world making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Amen.